lovely listeners and welcome back to Scratching the Surface, where we talk all things real. Hello, hello. I'm here with lovely Brianna McAteer. She did the most amazing TED Talk. I got sent it by somebody, I can't even remember, I think it was a friend. Um, I was feeling maybe a bit down and a bit down on myself and she sent it and Brianna, I was crying my eyes out. You're so positive. I resonated so, so much. Just, you know, like how your inner child, how younger you really, really affect the trajectory of your life. But before Mm -hmm. we get into that amazing TED Talk and your little amazing business, will you please just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, um, lovely to be here, Tara. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, So I'm Brianna. My business is Brianna McAteer Coaching. I coach women to heal their relationship with food so they can just basically be normal around food um, and just find and experience the ease and freedom that comes when they kind of experience food freedom. So that's what I do. And that's what my TED Talk was on. That was the kind of the, the impetus to the message that I have to share. <laughs> yeah, no, please do tell us, tell us um, even, with, I'd love to even know about the whole lead up to it and how did you even get that all so concise because obviously it kind of brings you right back to little Brianna and then you bring it right up into how you're keeping yourself well, your your wellness, mm-hmm. your well-being and your, your, your mind. Like, yeah, so just even tell us all about that, the kind of the journey, the story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> buckle up. So I came to this work. I decided that this was like, it really does feel like my purpose, the, the purpose of my life right now to do this work because um, it was my experience with my relationship with food. Um, I was just, I went from somebody who was just anxious, anxious, anxious about eating was going through like the the cycle of over restricting to feeling out of control around food to feeling like a perpetual failure feeling like my worth was tied to kind of how i was eating and my weight even though i never had like i never had much weight to lose i always felt like i was fat and disgusting felt like i was failing couldn't stick to a diet um, there were times in my life where I would eat once a day and feel proud of myself for having this restraint and willpower to sacrifice and to restrict enough um, to feel worthy enough. And there was a, like there was a number of kind of moments for me that stick out that I do mention in the TED Talk and where my perspective on all of it changed, right? Because I went from being like most women thinking that we need to focus on what we're eating and finding the right diet and writing the mac- right macros and calories and weight and whatever, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, believing that that's where we need to focus. And if I can just, and the fact that I can't do it or the fact that I'm not doing it very well (laughs) means that there's something wrong with me, that I'm not trying hard enough, that I am failing in some way, that I don't love myself enough, that I don't care enough, that all these things. Um, And that's the reason why I feel shit. And that's the reason why I'm failing because I'm X, Y, Z. And that was kind of the paradigm within which I was living. And it felt horrible. (laughs) like just horrible right and there was a few moments like I said there was one moment where I had lost all the weight 
I was, I'd lost enough weight that I, I wanted to lose. People were like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and realized that even though I'd lost the weight, my life was still a bit of a mess. It was, um, I still didn't feel confident. I still didn't feel secure enough. I still didn't feel worthy enough. I still didn't feel good enough. Even though I, I was at the weight, I was as thin as I could get mm -hmm. with still being questionably healthy, right? I did it in a very unhealthy way, um, very unsustainable way, but it wasn't the answer, right? Weight loss wasn't the answer. It didn't give me all the things that I thought it was going to give me. I didn't feel better. I wasn't happier. I wasn't more confident. My life was still a mess, very dramatic, um, and all the things. So that was a, a turning point where I was like, well, if it's not that, then what is it? Um, and so then thus started the journey of, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep feeling like I'm at war with myself. I can't keep feeling this shit about myself. I can't keep chasing something outside of me to make me feel better. I just can't, I'm tired. I can't do it. I'm tired. There's gotta be something, there's gotta be something else. Um, and that's when I decided to stop focusing on, I uh, stopped dieting and to stop focusing on food. For me, it was a long, <laughs> long, long journey um, of trying to figure out how, what is it? What is it then? Um, the next, another kind of point for me was, so I kind of went the other way where I was like super healthy, right? Kind of like, uh, we'll only eat clean foods, we'll only eat healthy foods, only follow the rules, blah, 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 blah. And so wasn't eating bread because bread was bad, right? And what I used to do at lunchtime when I was at work was go into the sandwich shop and ask them to give me just the chicken that they would put in the sandwich and put in a cup and I would eat the chicken. <laughs> um, but there was a day that I caved. I caved and I ate a sandwich. I asked for an actual sandwich um, and ate the bread and all. And all day I berated myself for being so weak, for being so undisciplined, for letting this happen, for for not trying hard enough for like all like all day and I went home feeling again horrendous feeling so guilty feeling so ashamed feeling so regretful and for some reason it kind of hit me and I talk about that particular one in the TED talk and for some reason I um it just hit me differently that day yeah. about how like worthless I had just made myself feel how pathetic how and I know I swore red and I apologize I will probably continue to swear just how no, shit that's I right, that's right. just how shit I felt and I was like and just kind of likening it to the action that I did the action was I ate a sandwich yeah. right I, I didn't yeah. I, I ate a sandwich. I didn't steal my sister's boyfriend. I didn't kill somebody's dog. I didn't steal from a charity. I like I didn't do anything yeah, yeah. that was deserving of me feeling so ashamed and remorseful and regretful. And it just again, it, that was another point where I'm like, this is not about food, right? This is about my willingness to berate myself for eating a sandwich and being able to stick to a diet is not going to solve for that. Yeah, I totally resonate because 
you know, I, my listeners know I've had a recent, well, I mean, it feels read them, but three years now, um, got diagnosed with cancer and I, like, this is only the more recent story because I totally, I resonate with the eating disorder. I resonate with the using vices and looking outside yourself to make yourself feel better and happier when I'm younger. But even like, so in the last couple of years, I got obsessed with no sugar. I, I'm I'm going to die if I eat this or that. And, mm. you know, that was even, that was really affecting when I was going out socializing and I was seeing friends when I was just trying to have a normal life. And then it would, the anxiety that I was feeling, the stress that I was causing in my body, that was just far, far, far worse than eating yeah. the bloody sugary sweet or whatever. Oh yeah, and, and like you said, whenever you just said there about the whole dramatics, like I just resonate so so much, and how it's like you're in a spiral, isn't it? You just yeah, yeah whoa. So continue, continue. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely in a spiral, and I was looking at like the the state of my life, um, as it were. I was doing a lot of partying, a lot of drugs mm-hmm. a lot of just stuff that wasn't serving me and I was like well this is not the answer <laughs> um this is not working for me I must do something different and and if food is like it it really felt like in the moment that if I could just stick to the diet and lose the weight that would be the answer right but then I lost the weight and it wasn't um and that's what pretty much every woman comes to me feels like if I could just lose the weight then I would feel better and I I I'm emphatic about the fact that it does not work that way. It doesn't, I don't care who you are. It doesn't work that way for anybody. We do get that momentary high of I've lost a lot of weight or I've lost a bit of weight. Great. But our emotional state is habitual. Um, so we will always go back to the, whatever emotional state is comfortable for us. So mine was kind of like defeat, hopelessness, worthlessness, <laughs> all the good stuff. And so didn't matter if I was thin or gained 10 pounds. That's where I sat. So, and the fact that I was willing to berate myself and the fact that I tied my worthiness to whether or not I ate a sandwich, that was, you know, obviously more pertinent to me than should I eat a sandwich or not? Yes. That self judgment and criticizing yourself, like for really something so small and something that I mean, most people, they actually probably do that like three times a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is that then like you're, you're kind of talking about um, you started to be curious really of why you're where that was coming from when you, when you were mentioning there about your kind of earlier life. Do you even still now or like are, do you, are, are you very aware of that little girl that this all kind of spiraled from? Oh, yes, for sure. Right. So um, whenever I'm coaching women, the kind of the perspective that I have or the, the the approach that I take with my clients is that we are really working on her relationship with herself by understanding her relationship with food, because our relationship with food is representative of how we um, relate to ourselves. So how much we care for ourselves, how much we value ourselves, how kind we are to ourselves, how much understanding or compassion we give to ourselves, or how much criticism and judgment and shaming we give to ourselves, right? And usually a very rot relationship with food 
is underpinned by judgment and criticism and shaming, right? Mm-hmm. And and we 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 learn that, right? That's not something we do to ourselves. It's it's learned as we grow up. Um, and one thing that I am always talking or in terms of coaching, we're always looking at what's going on from us now and moving forward. How do we want to move forward from that? But we do just want to understand the parts of getting here. So with my clients, we're never looking at, you know, my mom didn't hug me enough or whatever it was. We're not looking at the specific events of childhood. We're just understanding our attachment to our parents and how that um, our parents or caregivers and how that influences our sense of self and our kind of our nervous system setting and how that influences our decision making as well and our ability to sit with emotions our ability to manage our mind those are the things that i'm working with my clients on so we that is all kind of programmed when we're kids and it's good to understand how that influences us now but with my clients and stuff we're not looking at what happened to me as a child we're just understanding why it would make total sense and it, I promise you, every kind of challenge that we have with food or any quote, quote, vices um, makes perfect sense once we understand yeah. what's actually going on. Yeah. So at the minute, I actually just, uh, it was like maybe two months ago, I went and got recertified in the adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Now that's the kind of work I used to do a few years back, um, well, in Belfast here and then actually over in Canada um, and I just it blew my mind and I think it really kind of resonated with me and I was like well okay so if you do have a few things that happened when you were younger or even just you've taken that taken the mindset and how you act now and how you feel about yourself now not even about the like you say about the specific event or whatever it's just how you then interpreted that in your mind and about your own body your own self your own Mm -hmm. life whatever I am oh I am just this I just feel like the world needs to know that the world needs to (laughs) the world everybody in the world needs you to sit and hold their hand and tell them it's okay it's not your fault it's nobody's fault it's just the way that life was back then it's just the way that everybody coped at that time or whatever was going on in your home or whatever was going on in your life it wasn't anybody's fault and it definitely wasn't your fault that's what I'm getting from what you're saying yeah no and like we the way that we take kind of the reason three different points here the reason why our relationship with food is so challenging for so long is because we have such a a layer of shame over top of it right that i shouldn't be able to that i shouldn't do this that i shouldn't be able to do this that i should be able to do it better that there's something wrong with me that this is happening right and whenever we are shaming something we can't look at it with curiosity and the object the objectivity that we need to resolve it we can't lift the shame of it until we know that it actually makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that you want to eat your sweat way through the evening. It makes perfect sense that on a hard day that you want a glass of wine and a uh, whatever bar of chocolate. It it all makes perfect sense. It's not a personal failing. It is an adaptation 
to difficult situations. And for the most part, what I'm dealing with with my clients is just of our, just literally our ability to sit with emotions. It's not something we're taught. Certainly, um, I was watching The Little Mermaid the other day and the way that her father spoke to her, right, was just demeaning and demoralizing and, mm -hmm. um, right, the King Triton I'm talking about, <laughs> Ariel. But I watched it with my daughter and I was very actually disappointed. I don't think we're going to watch it again. But anyways, the way that he parented her was like very author authoritative, authoritarian. Um, she was left in a heap of tears. He had no time for her emotional state. He had no time for what she desired, right? And that was just the kind of parenting that went on. <laughs> that's just how people parented. Um, which, I mean, that's what they learned. That's what they had. That's what they were showing. That's all they probably knew. And, I, yep. and definitely, even when when I was younger, it was kind of like a, an angry kind of a way of disciplining or of, of showing you the right way I'm so glad to know that things are changing and I can I seen it when I was working in schools and stuff it very much is a changing world but we're still far 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 too we're not there yet definitely not there yet yeah no and so it's just what I'm working with clients for the most part is just learning to be okay with emotions all of them with sadness and boredom and overwhelm and anxiety and stress and all the things that as humans, we are built to process um, and experience those. We have never been taught, right? We've never been taught how to do that. And that's not something that was in our kind of uh, lexicon or um, experience. It wasn't the way we were parented. Again, there's no blame. It's just, it just wasn't. <laughs> um, especially in Northern Ireland, we're also dealing with a lot of people who are dealing with a lot of trauma. And so whenever you're in a trauma response, right, we can't sit with emotions as well. So it's literally just, and so then it makes perfect sense that we um, turn to food and create habits around food to numb or distract or avoid ourselves from experiencing emotions. Um, so it makes perfect sense. Nothing's going it, doesn't, wrong. it doesn't help that all the adverts for these really tasty treats and buns and cakes and sugary drinks and stuff like it doesn't help that that's what you're kind of seeing everywhere and in the shops like the big signs for them yeah i mean that's what that is food is produced and manufactured to play on the way that we are biologically wired um mm -hmm. again this is something that i just did a masterclass on in terms of our cravings. And I talked about literally why it makes perfect sense why we would overeat and overeat processed foods. It's because the way that we are biologically wired, nothing to do with a personal failing, nothing to do with not trying hard enough or lack of willpower, lack of discipline. It's literally the way we were wired. <laughs> we're literally wired to avoid the pain of emotions and seek the pleasure in food. That's how it works. So yeah understanding that this all makes perfect sense if we know what's going on can take that layer of shame and judgment off of it and then whenever we take that layer of shame and judgment off we can be like all right well if it makes sense why is it happening <laughs> what's going on why why am i eating why am i in the cupboard here looking for something nice when i know i'm not hungry what's going on and so and do you then do you really think that it all can i mean yes it's of course we're talking about uh, what's maybe happened when you were younger it's very very intergenerational but do can you even see and do you talk about this at all um 
how our ancestors this was not the case like they had to be going and looking for their food they were like so they blessed their food they they really took time to prepare it they had to I mean there wasn't any other choice and so now you know the, the culture as well now is just like so lazy we don't even the whole escapism thing we don't even want to have to be mindful about what we're doing um I mean that's something that I I actually completed a little the a Chinese nutritional therapy course and a whole module was just about the way that you select your food, you prepare your food, you really, you almost put love into the dishes that you're going to serve to your family. Mm-hmm. And like, I just thought that was so lovely. But yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Like even bringing it right the way back there then? Well, yeah. And again, uh, if anybody wants to go, the masterclass is still available. You can go up and sign for up for it. Um, I talk about this in that our brain is governed by three rules, avoid pain, seek pleasure, conserve energy. So it makes sense that now that we are um, surrounded by social media and ordering in and processed foods and everything that doesn't take effort, that our brain is going to do that. It, it does that. It has followed those rules. Uh, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy so that we survived. We survived because our brain followed those rules, and our brain is still following those rules now. However, it just doesn't serve us now that we don't have to make effort to go find our food and forage it. Now that we don't have to make effort to go and see our friends, we can just go through social media. Now that we don't need to make effort to do things, we can just sit and scroll Netflix and order in on our phone. So we don't need to do that effort. And the fact that we choose that makes perfect sense because that's the way our brain is wired. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. Our brain is wired to do that for our survival. The thing that we need to kind of work on then is then just developing um, the management of our brain and our emotions in that state because we literally have to exert a lot of effort to override that um, habitual prime primal urge need. And that takes yeah. a lot of effort. Our brain doesn't want to do it. We're just not skilled in it. So these are just skills that we learn skills of managing your mind around what's going on, skills of managing your emotional triggers around food and skills of following through and reframing failure so that you don't self-sabotage. They're just yeah. three skills that I teach my clients. Yeah. amazing. So you, you mean like, so bringing in more awareness, and even starting to listen to your own body like that's what I run and rave about the whole time like listen to your own body like you will listen you'll if you don't listen to the little whispers you'll hear it roar you know things like that is is that all then gonna if they start to actually deal with their emotions if they start listening to their body and and actually kind of wanting to care for a bit more then they're going to be their whole life is just going to change do you find that it can be habitual that it can kind of stay permanently or is it a daily 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 working on yourself oh god no <laughs> that makes it just sound like oh my god we're gonna have to do this for the rest of our life right <laughs> first of all there like in terms of personal development and whatever there is no there there like there's not a day where you're like well i'm i'm just all done i'm not going to do anymore but there's also the point where you don't always want to be in quote unquote fixing mode right mm-hmm because that's exhausting as well. And the way that I teach it and the way that I explain it is nothing is broken. Literally nothing is broken. The fact that you want to sit on the couch and scroll Netflix and eat ice cream means everything is working perfectly as the body and the brain are designed. 
We just need to, we have two parts of our brain. We have the primitive brain, which is running all of that stuff. And it's, it, it runs that stuff because it's wired for our survival. So that stuff works really, really well. The more, more advanced part of our brain is prefrontal cortex is the stuff is the way that we can override that. We can override all of that primitive habitual stuff with our prefrontal cortex. We just need to strengthen it. That's it. So yes, our actions are habitual, but the way we think is habitual and our emotional states are habitual. So yeah. we, in my experience, and I think in pretty much everybody's experience and certainly in the diet culture experience, trying to override your habitual actions doesn't often work. We end up reverting back to their own our, our habits again after mm -hmm. a period of time, like we stick to it for 30 days or we stick to it for two weeks and then we go back, right? Whenever something happens, what we actually need to do to create lasting and meaningful change is learn to become conscious of what our habitual thoughts are and how those create habitual emotional states from us because all of our actions come from our emotional state, what we're thinking of. So all of our habits around food come from whatever emotional state we're in in that moment. To create the lasting change, it's, it's, and it's literally just a skill. It's a skill of learning to be conscious of, more aware of what we're thinking because we're not really conscious of what we're thinking because we live in that. It's like talking to fish about water. They probably don't know what water is because we, they, they're just like, well, this is just my life. This is just what I live in. Right. <laughs> um, inside of our head is just where we live. So we don't often notice that our thoughts are our thoughts, right? They're not facts. They're not objective reality. They're what we, how we experience reality and we can question all of them and we can change any of them that don't serve us. And so that's what I'm doing with my clients, bringing awareness to the habitual ways that they think around food and eating and other areas of their life. The habitual ways that we think about food and eating create habitual emotion, emotional states, that's just how it works. And our habitual emotional states um, determine the kind of behaviors we take around food and eating. And so wow. in order to change the habitual ways we eat, actions we eat around food, we need to look at and change the ways of thinking and emotional states that don't serve us. Yeah, because I, I had I loved that you had said um, I was went back through some of your stories and stuff because I knew you were coming on. And before that, uh, it was the the TED talk that I had just I loved that. And, uh, you know, then you were off maternity and everything. And now here we are. Um, but I, I love that you had said just, it's about showing up with intention, being deliberate. You are a decision away from being in alignment. Oh, mm -hmm. like that, that makes my arm hair stand up like that <laughs> like that that really really resonates that's so amazing yeah and I think I think whenever you're you know some our relationship with food is something we usually struggle with forever like right for a long time and so it can feel like this really overwhelming confusing hard thing that's going to take a long time to sort out and resolve and it's just not true <laughs> it's literally just not true just the way that we're doing it just doesn't work that's that's why it's so hard and overwhelming and takes so long it just yeah. doesn't work so continuing to do things that just don't work is going to be really hard and overwhelming and stressful doing things that actually move the needle that actually have you taking actions that like I said are in alignment with what you want to be doing then it starts changing quite quickly 
Then you start feeling in control quite quickly. Then you know that, then you start seeing that you can trust yourself around food quite quickly. Yeah. And bring yourself back to your true self sooner. Yeah. A quick interlude just to make you all aware of a brand new group that has started up now in the local Moyle area. It's Moyle Community First Responders. They work in conjunction with the Northern Ireland Ambulance Service and one of my very very good old friends is part of the group. They're all fully trained by the ambulance service. They get the calls, the 999 calls in to the local area when they come into the ambulance service and they can attend within four minutes because they're all local providing life-saving aid until the paramedics can arrive. They are dealing with cardiac issues, strokes, seizures So I just want to make everybody more aware. You can go follow them on their Facebook page. At the moment, they just need everyone's support. They need more awareness. They need your donations. I know firsthand how important this service is. I have watched my mom have seizures many, many times and it is absolutely terrifying. She does not know who she is, where she is. She's not even conscious. This is life or death. Thank you for listening. Please keep safe. Oh, I love um so you have three little kind of takeaway pointers. Um I've I've heard it a few times now, so I think it was maybe at the end of the TED talk and then um we'll come back through um on your Instagram and number one is learn to connect with yourself. So that's stop people pleasing, listening to your own body. Like this is this is why I just resonate so so much. Process your emotions, yeah. And so number two, practice self acceptance. Uh, and I find like that's kind of to do with bringing in your own inner peace and actually feeling okay in your own body. And okay, it might your weight might fluctuate, fluctuate up and down. You have mm-hmm. bloody hormones. Everybody has other things going on. It's not. Don't, like you don't have to break yourself so I, I yeah love that that an act of consent accept the present moment as you are you'd put a little um that little quote there from Eckhart Tolle and then mm-hmm. the third one was decide who you want to be so you feel worthy you can take up as much space as you need to like whoa mm-hmm. yes be unapologetically yourself yeah I think it just really resonates with me because of course, it's going to be very, very different to most, if not all, of your clients. Um, with my illness and you know just the cancer journey that I'm on, I every single day, every day, wake up and make a choice. Like as soon as I open my eyes, okay, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's smash it today. I mean, it's harder some days of course um and I'm not gonna say that every single day is the same but there's a few little things that I do do every single day and a few things that are just like non-negotiables but like it's not even it's not that I'm like building a habit and I've made like it's not that it is that I've done that work and I I really I honor myself and I honor what I've been through and I'm just like wow like you go girl (laughs) kind of a thing so like yeah. is this you know is this how this is where you've got to is this every single day that's that is your mindset that is you wake up in the morning and be like yeah let's go for it like that's how you feel is it 
<laughs> well, I'm breastfeeding a six-month-old at the minute, so I wake up going, God, I wish I slept some more. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, it, it, those things are a daily practice. And really, like I said at the beginning, that when I'm working with my clients, like I said, we're really working with her relationship with herself. And so the comes up a lot. Um the high degree of self-criticism and self-judgment comes up a lot. Perfectionism comes up a lot. And so those are the kind of habitual thought processes that we're working on because those things create horrible emotional states, right? It feels horrible to people please and to negate your own needs for other people's wants and stuff. And so that's exactly what we're working on is dropping those habitual practices, of yeah. negating ourselves, of criticizing ourselves, of shaming ourselves, of trying to be perfectionists and all of those things, whilst also dealing with learning that we can sit with all of the emotions. We can handle them all. Our body is literally wired to handle all of these emotions so we can we don't need to run away from them. We don't need to use food to solve for them. We can do that. We're handling that. Yeah. Um, and so that's the those are the kind of things that, I, that we're working with because our relationship with ourselves, like I said at the beginning, is mirrored in the way that we eat. And when mm -hmm. we understand that and we can address like what's actually causing us to eat when we're not hungry, then that's when you get the transformation that you're looking for. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, I've actually, I've sat in on a few um, talks and trainings on, you know, bringing in the, both the masculine and the feminine energies and things like that. Mm. Um, I know that definitely, but well, not even that far back in history. And I know even from my own mom, whenever I had her listening to you, she was crying like, like really big <laughs> tears because she just was like, oh my goodness, that this woman gets me. That's me. Like it, it was like drilled in, especially to women. And, you know, that, that whole, mm -hmm. you need to be, you need to do, do, do. And you, you know, so I just think that that is so powerful. Your work is sounds amazing. You probably, you'll probably, um, do you have like a big waiting list all the time then? Or what do you want to tell our listeners um, how people can find you? What's the best way? And uh, yeah, let's uh, just tell us a little bit about the, what is it, the upcoming event that you have? Uh, no, I just did it on the masterclass. I just did it. Well, I do have something else coming up. I just did a masterclass on mastering your cravings. Um, but is that available that they can then access that yeah. or? Yeah, you can get the replay yeah, of that. Um, all of this can be found on my Instagram page, which is brianna.mcatear.coaching. Um, in fact, there are three of my last masterclasses that are available that you can watch for, for free. Um, they're really, really good. Like I don't have a free version of me and a paid version of me. Like if I do a masterclass, I'm giving you, giving you all that I give my paid clients. So I'd really recommend you go do that. Um, but I also have an opportunity to be coached for free by me. I've just decided, I just put it up on Instagram today that I'm going to do like a, it's called a hot seat coaching on wow. the uh, 16th, Tuesday, the 16th, just at lunchtime. So 1230. I'm going to open up a spot for an hour and anybody can just jump in and get coached by me. I'll usually take probably about 20 minutes per person to do whatever coaching they need on whatever it is they want. So again, wow. if you want to message me on my Instagram page for that to get the link for that. And you can also book a free consultation. So if one-to-one -one coaching, you're like, yes, I need that in my life. Um, you can book a free consultation 
uh, again on my Instagram page. And we will we'll talk about specifically what would coaching look like for you, specifically what we'd be working on, what you could mm-hmm. expect and all the things. Yeah, wow. No, that sounds amazing. It sounds really exciting. That <laughs> the hot seat thing, that sounds really fun. Yeah, yes, come on. Is you that can... gonna be is that gonna be like you will have people on doing like uh quick coaching and other people can be there watching and seeing? They can, yeah. Wow, oh my goodness, right. Definitely write that down. Remind us when is that? <laughs> Tuesday the sixteenth at twelve thirty. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, well, Brianna, oh my goodness, like that was a very short time to get so much amazing, whoa, really inspiring information. I cannot wait for this to go out, especially so I can let let my mom listen. (laughs) She'll probably be crying again. (laughs) But yeah, so thank you so much. You mentioned that you're breastfeeding and everything, so good luck with everything. And Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure coming on, Tara. Thank you. Don't forget to go and watch the TED Talk and follow Brianna on Instagram.